Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie Agenti Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie Agenti Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Hi, world. Welcome to the Jamie Agenda Show right here on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie. And how's everyone doing today? Good? That's good. It's Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. Now, I told y'all last week we're going to talk about the Cowboys defense. What my expectations for for 2022 compared to last year. I just saw this stat. Like last year, we were 21st in the league in defense. Like, I'm talking about points per game, yards given up. Like, what is happening? What happened? 21st? That's like almost close to last. Better yet, middle of the pack. But yet, we do have athletic guys on our defense. Michael Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, uh, uh, Leighton Vanderesh, uh, you can throw in defense tackle, Navion Gillimore, uh, Sam Williams, you know, stuff like that. I mean, 21st, wow. But, anyways, this show, we're gonna talk, we're, this is what we're gonna talk about today. We reviewed the Cowboys defense last year to expectations for this coming season. Last year, 21st, we gave up a bunch of points, man. 21 points per game. Um, unacceptable, man. Most of those game, most of those, most of those games were yards. We gave up a bunch of yards when we were up by more than 10 points. Like, you know, we, our safeties were hard hitting. Cornerback, we had Trayvon, who's in it, who had a streak of games where he had a pick per game. Um, we had Anthony Brown, who was, who was, uh, worried about penalties more than about playing the ball. I mean, we didn't have, Depth in our secondary. We were just focused on those four guys making an impact. Then again, you had, but in the dime defense, you had Jordan Lewis. I love Jordan Lewis. I wish, you know, I wish we can sign him to a long-term deal. I think he's the real slot corner. He's the real deal. But, um, but you look at the games last year. We, we gave up a bunch. My my teams do not give up twenty points. We we just can't. I mean, I rather have I rather give up fourteen points per game. That 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 to me is what you call a solidified defense. And we weren't hurt last year. The only injuries we had was uh, Tank missing, missing eight games. Layton, he's a hit or miss, but. You know, what can you say? We had, we had the, we had a suspected defense in 2021. They kept us in the game. We had pressure on the outside, but our, our safe, our, our secondary was terrible. We couldn't, you know, we gave, we gave useless quarterbacks a higher passing range. Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, who else? There's a lot more. So, I want my defense to be 
elite. It's not hard. You know, we're a 4-3 defense. Dan Quinn has put us there. Four defense, four, four front, three in the back. Let's get, let's work on the secondary. Let's start being, let's start, let's start jamming the receivers at the line of skimmers. Let's start, stop giving us center field. Let's stop doing all that and let's, let, let's, let, let's be the best version of our defense. Our defense could lead us to champ, our, to championships. You know the saying. Every sport says defense was championships. That, that's the same. That's everywhere from middle school to the pros. Why did you think the Rams won last year? Defense, right? They had an all-star defense. From Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsby. I mean, can't say anything bad about that. They may have an all-star defense this year. Who knows? We can be that defense, guys. We, we just gotta, our secondary's gotta be consistent. Our, and our front seven has to follow through. Now, I'm gonna talk about three key players on our defense that I, I really liked this past season. Number one, Trayvon Diggs. He had to pick every game. He plays the ball. His weakness is not jamming the receivers at the line of scrimmage. I don't know if the NFL has changed the rule of you can't change, you can't jam the receiver at the line of scrimmage one to five yards. Let me know. Let me know if the NFL has changed the rule on that. Cause I, cause I, I'm seeing all these receivers get, get a good break and, and all of a sudden they're running deep. Hmm. Interesting. But nonetheless, Trayvon, I trust them to play the ball. Uh, beat the receiver at, at his spot. And I want more jam of the line of scrimmage. Don't let these receivers get four or five yards in front of your face and catch the ball in front of your face. Heck, quarterbacks might not even throw there because of, of his reputation. 11 picks last year? Impressive. Number two, Michael Parsons, the defensive player, the defense rookie Rookie of the year. Michael Parsons is the real deal, guys. What can you say about the guy? Like, the guy plays every position in the field. You, you talk about playing on the line, playing back, uh, playing cornerback. I mean, he's play, he's done it all. And he can lead us. He, he, he is just elite. No, any defense out there can can or offense can defend this guy you talk about the double team this guy you're not going to double him you're not going to triple him he's going to get through you to the quarterback this is how we got most of our pressures last year especially in the NFC East which I will talk about in just a second number three this guy's got to stay healthy I know he had, he's had a lot of shoulder issues, but he's a good player. And he's very valuable to our defense. It's Leighton Vanderish. We're talking about the best tackle, best play, form tackle in the league. These guys right now, young, young guys in the league are tackling with one hand. I thought it was two hands. I thought it was two arms. Grab, Grab the guy, pull him down. 
Where is this one hand? I can grab him one hand and all this stuff. Only the strong can do that. But Leighton, two hands. He's right there. He's right there on, on, on the ball. And I want him healthy this year. So whatever you got to do, man, to be healthier this, this year, you, you come on. You got to do it. Now, I put a star on this. I put a star on Tank, Demarcus Lawrence, because he missed a bunch of games last year due to injury. Do we need him? Maybe. We need him. He can prove, he can provide something to us. He just, he just, I want him on the field more than what, than what they're having to use. I mean, I don't talk about age much because I know that, okay, well, he's getting up there. He shouldn't be on the field. I'm like, nah. Like I said, I don't talk about age. I talk about quality. What can he provide me on this team? He could, I want the same Lawrence of 2017 where he had 14 and a half sacks. I want that guy. Not the guy that, that was injury prone in 2021. He can still do that. But, but it's, is injuries. And someone has to step up. And which, 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 you know, last year it was a big deal. We had a bunch of depth on the line, especially on the defensive line. So I don't know where you get this notion of we need a defensive, defensive tackle. I don't know where that comes from because we have that depth. We can call guys from the practice squad. We can call guys off waivers. I mean, we don't. That's one position we don't need is a defensive tackle. We have our defensive tackles. We have our ends. We have our linebackers. We have our secondary. I mean, they're not household names, the secondary is. But if they keep the penalties down in that area, we have a chance. We have a chance of dominating this division. If not, the whole NFC. Now, I want to talk about, before I get to my expectations, I want to talk about Dan Quinn. Now, Dan Quinn, coach of the, former coach of the Falcons, defensive coordinator for the Cowboys when Mike McCartney took the job. Do I expect him to be a head coach sometime in the future again? Absolutely. Would it be this team? Maybe. I mean, who knows? Mike McCartney might have a shot, have, might have a short leash this, this upcoming season if the team does not perform to the standards. Like I told y'all last week, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Sean Payton. I'm, I'm not a fan. I want quality coaches and Dan Quinn is a quality coach. I'd rather hire that guy than go out there in the world and go out there, go out and hire Sean Payton automatically. Nah, I, I, I want, I want Dan Quinn. Stay on the staff. If you got to pay him to be your highest assistant, Jerry, make that happen. You make everything else happen. I mean, you, you met, you force us to go to a state and go watch your team play every season. I never been, honestly. And I'll tell you the reason why in just a second. But Dan Quinn, making the highest paid assistant in the league. If he goes on to coach another team, let him. 
But I'll tell you the reason why. Because Jerry, because I want winners. I want consistency. I want to be in the postseason every single year. Not one year postseason, yay, everyone's excited. Every season. And our defense can lead us that. We sign, we, we sign our guys. We keep the right guys. That's what you call chemistry. Chemistry builds over time. And I'm going to turn it to a championship one day. Just one day. Now, my expectations for this upcoming season. Number one, health. Everybody's got to be healthy on the de- on the defense. That that's from Layton to Tank. Our defense tackles. We got to be healthy. Whatever you got to do, whether it's running out to practice or cutting this out, you know, you know, the health will get us a long way. It will. Trust me. It got those other teams a long way. And that's why those teams were able to get to the postseason because they were healthy. Number two, consistency. I, we just talked about it. We cannot make the postseason once a year. Uh, next season, we were, we're out of it. Next season, we're completely out of it. Now we got to start from scratch and then, you know, then, okay, we're going to make the playoff. We're going to be good in two to three years. Just ask the Rangers that. But consistency, that starts from the defense. What are you going to do defense? Are you going to make that um, crucial stop? Are you going to cut down the penalties? Or is there going to be better communication in the secondary? All things are possible, but we got to make it happen. We got to stay consistent. That's number two. Number three, I just talked about it, communication in the secondary. I thought we were off last year in the secondary. I thought, you know, we had a bunch of penalties over there, um, especially in the 49er playoff game. Embarrassing. 14 for 89 yards. It's not going to win you any games. And that's easy stuff. You know, if you have to work on technique, work on it. If you have to communicate, I know everybody, every team has a secondary coach. Talk to the secondary coach. Y'all communicate each to one another so that we can, we can not have people cross our face, not people go deep on us. You know, that can't happen. I think that is the major weakness of our defense is the secondary. Our hard-hitting guys are are hard-hitting, but yet the communication lacks. We are lacking communication there. Like, if we can fix that, I mean, we can be, we can be up there as a top 10 defense and that will honestly get us a long a long a long way than being in the first round of the postseason we were there because of our offense if we didn't have an offense last season then we could have we could have been out of the postseason completely and then the last and then number four use your depth 
I know there's rotations, you know, you know, defense, you know, the matchups are there. Use your depth. Uh, we, we were injured last year from Lawrence to Van Der Esch. There's some pretty good guys. We, we have depth this year. Last year we had depth. But, you know, if one guy is not playing well, is it hurt all the time, uh, hurt, use our depth. The next guy is next man up. Use the opportunity to impress the coach. Use this opportunity to stay on the field for one. And, you know, all the rest will play out. Now, last thing is, I want to talk about the NSC. Are we going to be NSC champs this upcoming season? We could be. I look at a division, our division's weak. And I looked at something yesterday. I looked at an article, right? They always make predictions about, you know, hey, you know, the NSC East, the, um, the NSC South, the NSC West. No, they talked about the NFC East of, of where everyone's going to be this upcoming season. And I want to bring up some, I want to bring, I want to talk about two teams defensively that I'm not afraid of, someone else is not afraid of, but you might. You may say, okay, well, they may have the best defense in the league, but yet they don't, but yet they don't win a division. I'm going to give you one team. I'm going to give you the Eagles, which that's everybody's pick to win our division from Skip Bayless to uh, this article I read on MSN.com, you know, because they had a great draft. They have depth. They have the, um, Darius Slay, who claims that he's the best corner in the league. He's a shutdown corner. I will give him he is a shutdown corner, but... It's debatable of, of, of if he's the best in the league. I, I, I can name you two, two or three more other corners better than Darius Slay. Um, you know, their key players on, on the Eagles defense, Fletcher Clark, Cox. I'm not, I'm not afraid of him. I'm not. What can he do for me? Like, we can block him easily. Number two, Brandon Graham. I, like, he plays on the line too. I don't. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not. I'm not highly high on those guys. Those guys are great players, but I'm not high on them. We can get past them easily with our own line. As long as our own line stays consistent and healthy, we can. We're there. You know, Javon Harvgo. This is their defensive line, guys. Not high on him. Derek Burnett, not high on him either. That's their whole line. And I'm pretty sure they, they have, a, they drafted a couple of defensive players. One from Georgia and Nicobe Dean. I'm like, okay, he could have been a cowboy, but I would have gone the other way. But I'm, like I said, I'm not, I'm not high on them. They have a lot more to improve on than, than, what our defense, it, it, what our defense has already improved. So, so they're saying, MSN is saying, okay, or Skip Bayless is saying, okay, the Eagles are going to win the division because of their roster. Let's play it out on the field and see who's, who, who, who comes out on top. 
I don't play the numbers of of it looks good on paper. Oh, that looks great. Their roster looks good on paper, but I want I want to see it on the field. I'm a visual person. Do I personally on July the twelfth? Do I think the Eagles? You know, not seeing a lick of them, not seeing Jalen Hurts, not seeing a defense out there. Do I think they can win the division right now? No. No, I'm not, I'm saying no right now. I'm saying the Cowboys right now. Maybe down the line, maybe we get through training camp, um, preseason, then we'll know who will come out on top expectations for the, for the 2022 NFC East. Now, one more team, the Commanders in Washington. I'm like, Commanders, where you get that name from? Anyways, but they are regarded one of the best line defensively in, in the league. But Chris Young, um, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat, those guys, they're just regular guys to me. Good players, but we can, like I said, like I told, like I said that it was the Eagles, we can block them. They don't raise a threat to me or the Cowboys. I just, I just don't see it. I mean, good players, but, you know, can they win in the NFC East with a defense like that? No. I mean, NFC East defense, you gotta have pressure on the quarterback. I mean, the one quarterback that can handle pressure is Dak. He can step up in the pocket. He he, he can run. I mean, run past their defense. I mean, do do I think those teams have depth on their defense? Possibly. But it's not the depth that the Cowboys have. The Cowboys have depth from top to bottom. So... Um, it's a hit or miss in, 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 in this NFC East. I mean, give or take. And I want to know who, what you think. Who's going to win the NFC East in 2022? You may say the Cowboys. You may say the Eagles. You may say the Commanders. You may say the Giants, which we haven't even talked about the Giants because the Giants, they're just the Giants. So, I mean, none of their players impress me, except for Shaquan. None of them. So, that's why we didn't get into the whole Giants conversation because, you know, like I said, what, what, what are you going to, what are you going to entertain me with? Are you going to entertain me with a running back that's hurt every year? Are you going to entertain me with a quarterback that is inconsistent and is on his last year of his contract? Are you, are you going to entertain me with a defense that we, that no one has talked about? Entertain me, guys. Now, that's enough of the defense. Let's let the regular season. Let's let training camp training camp play out. Then we talk. Then we go to the preseason. And then after the preseason, the season will start. So from there, we just gotta see what happens. Now we're gonna take a break. Coming up next. I'm going to tell you about the pros and cons about the WNBA and why you should watch. 
is up next is Fishbowl Network. No me importa lo que de mí se diga Vive usted su vida, que yo vivo la mía Que solo es una, disfruta el momento Que el tiempo se acaba y para atrás no verá Bebiendo, fumando y jodiendo Sigo vacilando de party todos los días
Thank you all so much for joining us this evening for our Stressed and Sexy Support Group. Oh, it's so nice to see new faces. When we last met, I asked you guys to prepare. This bad bitch o'clock, yeah, it's thick, dirty. I've been through a lot, but I'm still flirty. Is everybody back up in the building? It's been a minute, tell me how you're healing. Cause I'm about to get into my feelings. How you feeling? How you feel right now? Welcome back to the Jamie Agenti Show. Now, you just heard that song, About Damn Time. That's what I want to say to the WNBA and all those people that run it. It's about damn time, about what I'm going to say about it. The pros and cons of why you should watch. Number one, competitive. We see the competitive fire in these ladies. The ladies are going out there all game long. From shot selections to diving loose balls, grabbing the rebounds. Actually, the shot selections are pretty bad. They're shooting, they're shooting. I mean, I watched the game recently, right? The game that I watched, three shot, three shot. And I'm like, 
drive the ball in. If you miss six or seven threes in a row, drive the ball in. You can't continue to shoot the to out out shoot teams that shoot threes and threes and threes. Come on, man. Make the game change the game up. Make the game competitive. That's what I see in the pros. It's competitive nature. Number two, superstar showing leadership. And I'll give you one superstar, Candace Parker. If you see her in the mic telling players, you know, where to go, you know, encouraging them, that's the type of leadership we need from, from my veteran who's been around, who's seen the games, who's won a championship. Two of them actually. He's won an MVP. That's what I want to see. Not only from Candace Parker, but from any, anybody else that, that is playing in the WNBA. I want to see leadership. You are a star, a superstar. I want to see the leadership in there. Number three, the attendance has to improve, guys. Fans, what are you doing this summer? What are you doing this summer? You have nothing else to do. You take a vacation for one week and you come back. I mean, you, t- you, you, you go to work. I mean, the fan, the fan base has to go up. I'm seeing about a thousand to about ten thousand. Again, the only time y'all show up is, is if your team is, a, is in the finals. Yes, there is a WNBA finals. Yes, it's been on for years, 25 years actually, the finals. So y'all have to show up, man. Support the ladies. I've been to a WNBA game. I've been to a Wings game. And the energy is electric. But you're go, you're, you can go to a Mavericks game. When, you, when you're doing all that stuff, priorities, all that stuff, you have time to go to a Mavericks game. The Mavericks haven't won in, in, in 11 years. But yet, but yet they're able to pack the house. They're able to pack 17 to 20,000 people there. What about the, um, what about the wings? Dallas wings. I mean, they, they can't pack a full house there. I mean, it's the summer. Everybody, I thought everybody gets out in the summer. Not in the winter or the fall, or the fall, or sometimes in the spring. Show up, support the ladies. If you don't know the ladies, then do your research on them. I mean, do your research on Enrique. Do your research on uh, Marina Mayberry. Uh, do your research on Ariel Gray. Um, do your research on on the coach Vicky Johnson. Vicky Johnson played in that era. She played in that era in the in the late nineties to two thousand. There, she played that era. She knows how to coach. Go support them. But then I do want to talk about TV viewership. It's my other point. It's gone up. So you talk about the games on ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN three. Um, CBS Network, CBS, um, Facebook, Twitter, Prime Video, 
I mean, Facebook and Twitter, we can watch all day because it's free. But Prime Video, we can get that for $6 a month. In the League Pass, the League Pass is like 25 a year, but yet that, but yet you watch three months worth of games. So you're paying about $8 a month, maybe, for three months. Not worth the price. But, if your game, your games are not on ESPN or ESPN2 or ESPN3 every week. Like, like the NBA. The NBA has games, the NBA has games on Wednesdays and Fridays. Back to back. Wednesday and Friday. Sometimes they might throw a, a Monday game or a Saturday night game, which they recently started. Uh, you know, Sunday. So the NBA is around. They can be on multiple platforms, but their league pass is years by by season. So you pay maybe about sixty nine dollars a month for all the all the games, watch the games, and sometimes on audio. Audio is like only ten ten dollars a month, but in the WNBA, the viewership has gone up TV wise. The attendance has not. But, you know, then again, I'm not in your life. I don't, I don't know what, what your priorities are as far as going to a game, watch, supporting the ladies for, for a couple hours, cheering, all that stuff. Now, here's my favorite players that I want y'all. The second half of the season is about to start. Actually, it's about, it's going to start about around an hour and a half. Because the Wings, your Wings, are playing the Seattle Storm at 2 o'clock. Yes, a rare afternoon game, which is 12 o'clock there in Seattle. So, so I think that's what the NBA needs, more afternoon games. Yeah, more afternoon games in the NBA. Yeah, but then again, you know, that you know, maybe they have a kid event type of deal. The NBA doesn't have kid events. The NBA will have kid events on the side. You know, they they don't invite over 2,000 kids to a game cheering. That's what the Dallas Wings did recently. That's what every team in the league has done. So I, I can give the WNBA credit on that. You know, you know, they're making it about the kids instead of about the adults. So it's on Facebook. Pull up Dallas Wings versus Seattle Storm. Watch a game and go from there. It's live. Go from there. Now, Candace Parker is number one. My favorite player of all time. From the time she was at Tennessee, from the time till now. Just love her game, man. She pisses me off sometimes with her shot selections, but her leadership, her determination... Still to in this league is beyond fabulous. So watch her. Second half of the season, watch her. Number two, Skylar Diggins Smith. Man, that that and, and, and that that woman's full of passion. From Notre Dame to right now. Everywhere she's on the on, on the court diving for loose balls. Taking great shots. And actually, she's leading that team. Minus Brittany Griner, she's leading that team to the postseason. We hope she, they go to the postseason. 
under her on her leadership and guidance. But then again, I read an article that said Phoenix is trying to trade her. For what, Phoenix? You have nothing to lose. Keep her. She might take you. She, she's the only player on your team that's leading you. We can't, I mean, we can't trust it at, at Tarasi. We can't trust a Sophie Cunningham. Skylar Diggins, we can trust. She'll lead us. Number three, Sabrina Inescu. I thought she was going to be way over her head. No, she's great. She's a great player. I love her. Determination is what, what I see in her. Do I think she's going to leave the Liberty to the postseason? Probably not. It's probably going to be, you know, seasons where she's going to probably average 20 points a game and 10 assists and 10 rebounds. She's going to get a triple double every other game. And, you know, and you hope that team wins. So, Sabrina Nesky is one of my favorites. I just love her game. I love how she's able to mix it up, playing point guard, shooting guard, all that stuff. And I'm not worried about her shot selection because she takes good shots. Number four, Miranda Mayberry, the Pat Bev of the, of the, of the WNBA. Yes. The one person that gets on your ear, the one person that, you know, just, you don't want to hear from them. That's Marina Mayberry. She plays for the Dallas Wing. I mean, hard-nosed defender. Doesn't give it ish about what, what, what goes on. You know, can lead a team. You can have that type of presence on your team. Number five. And these two people are retiring. Actually, one person had a dunk in, in the All-Star game. If you go back and watch the uh, the YouTube clip of Sylvia Fowles dunking on the fast break, you'll be amazed. That's a dunk. Sue Bird is Sylvia Fowles. Let me talk about uh, Sylvia Fowles for a second. Sylvia Fowles is one of the toughest players in the league. No one can move her. No one's going to back her down. But just the rebounding, like, you can imagine a young, younger Dwight Howard in her, but yet she's consistent in her, in her game. You know, and let me tell you something about that dunk, okay? That's a dunk, ladies. A dunk doesn't mean you dunk on the fast break and, and you just throw it in. That's not a dunk. A dunk is you grab, you jump high. Hit the rim. Put it in. That's a dunk, ladies. Okay? That's what Sylvia Faust did in the All-Star game on Sunday, if you watched. Pretty sure you didn't watch, but but I wasn't there. Sue Bird. Okay, I've been watching this woman since, since 2002, and I've been amazed by her. Her... A real point guard in a WNBA. A real one. Doesn't score a lot of points, but she can get the ball down the court and, and you know, the Chris Paul of the WNBA just assists, but doesn't take shots when she needs to, but she's only a passer, guys. And she's a great player. I do see coaching in her future, but she's, but then again, you know, She's going to stay retired. And 
this is her last year, and I hate to say that this is her last year because I want to see more of that type of game from other players that will follow her, that could follow her. Now, since I talked about the since I talked about the good stuff, let's talk about the bad stuff, the cons of the WNBA of why maybe you don't want to watch. Okay, there needs to be more teams. There's 12. 16, they need to increase it to 16. Or at least 14 for better competition. I'm, you know, every, every day I'm seeing names, I'm seeing names get released. Names that I know of in college. Oh, I seen this girl play. Why do they release her? Just, just why, I just want to ask these teams, why do you release these players knowing that you, you, you can put them on other teams, but yet that franchise may not have a team in the future? The, the commissioner just said, we're trying to build teams, but it will take us three years to do it. Maybe in 2025, we'll have 16 teams. Maybe in 2025, we'll have, we'll stay at 12. Commissioner, there's 50, States, you can put four or six more teams at every state. For example, you can have another team in Texas. You can have another team in Austin. You can have another team in Houston. You can have another team in San Antonio. You had a team in San Antonio in Houston back in the day when you first start. When you when the WMA started, you had a Houston Commons and the San Antonio Silver Stars, which. I don't know why you call yourself the Silver Stars, but anyways. But yes, there was San Antonio Silver Stars back in the day. California, you could put another team in there. New York, um, you could put a team in Louisiana. You could put a team in Oklahoma. You could put a team in Missouri, Florida. I don't think the WNBA has any teams in Florida. That's weird. But yet the NBA has... Two. Why do you have two NBA teams in, in, in the in Florida, but yet you have none in in in, in the WNBA? You had the Miami Soul, but then again, that's back back in the day. Y'all need to y'all need to get get it together and put four more teams on that out there. Make it better for competition. And make sure that when you release a player, that they'll have a job the next day. Number two, roster expansion. Like I said, roster expansion needs to increase. It was 12. We need to make it at 14. The NBA has 15. You know, I'm seeing teams and teams and teams. You know, their depth is getting dinner. From eight players to 10 players to 12. Y'all need to increase your roster to 14 at least. Okay, now I'm going to talk about the coaches. And this is part of my... There's one pro. Actually, there's two pros and one con. Nicole Quinn is a Seattle Storm coach. A defensive-minded coach. You reason, you see the reason why percentage, other opponents' percentages are going down because she preaches defense. Nicole Quinn played in the WNBA for 12 seasons. Look her up. She was there. She played. 
Another one was Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond played. She spent eight seasons as an assistant in San Antonio and another, another ten in the league in the WNBA. I mean, she's a Hall of Famer. And now she's the coaches of the Las Vegas Aces, which they're, they're at the top in the, in, in their conference and the top of the whole WNBA. The woman can coach. Like I said, she came from the pop tree. Like, X's and O's, I go to Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond is the office of mine and coach. This is why players like Kelsey Plum has improved her scoring percentage. That's why Asia Wilson has taken more control of, the, uh, of her game. So, you know, are they my favorites to win the championship? I'm not sure. But when it comes to the WNBA, it's always wide open. Now, I want to talk about one coach that I don't like. Vanessa Nygaard. She coaches in Phoenix, Phoenix Mercury. Um, she played for four teams. You cannot find one highlight video of her of playing basketball. The other two you can, but Vanessa Nygaard, no, she's not my, my favorite. Um, whenever you talk about a player that is supposed to be on an all-star team, but yet they didn't make an all-star, team but the other your teammate Scott Diggins did I mean that's that's nonsense like you gotta talk about your all-star what they meant to your team that's why they're, they're representing you in the all-star they're representing your team in the all-star game which they did which she didn't she only talked about Tarasi because Tarasi is on her last legs of her career like I said I have no no ill will towards Sarasi. I love her. But she did not make your all-star team. Skylar Diggins-Smith did. And for her to not talk about that, it's BS in my mind. And that's why Skylar called her a clown on Twitter. Because that's what clowns do. They they just ignore the, their potential all-star. But I just feel like she doesn't know what she's doing. You know, they hired her in January instead of just trying to hire her and um, when the offseason was started. So, I'm not a big fan of Nygaard. I'm just not. But, anyways. But the games. Now, I saw this yesterday. The games are 36 games in a season. We need to get that to 40. By next season... It's going to be at 40, according to the commissioner. She also said 44. And I'm like, okay, that's progress. Because the NBA has 82 games. The NFL has 17. The MLB has 162. I mean, you talk about the soccer league, the women's soccer league, they have 12. And they have multiple platforms. So, Commissioner, you got to go on your word. Because I know there's going to be distractions. Last year, you had the Olympics. Uh, this year, there's not really any distractions. I mean, the only thing is world basketball, that's it. Next year, you don't, next year, she said, oh, well, there's no distractions. So you could play 40 games. You could find a way to play 40 games in a season, even with those distractions. 
you you can't you can't play forty games one season, then thirty six the next, then thirty thirty two the next season, all this stuff. Stay at forty games. You can find a way. That's half of the NBA, almost half of the, half of the NBA season. You can play forty games if you have to extend it by a few weeks when it, when the Olympics are done. Do that. But forty games is forty games. Okay, next season, I want to see it. Other fans want to see it. Now, okay. Now, we need more games on TV, guys. I can't stress you enough. The NBA has, you know, their own channel, the NBA TV. They, I'm pretty sure that, you know, you watch games on the WNBA, um, on NBA TV, all that stuff. But we need more games on TV, guys. More of them on TV, please. What about Lifetime? Lifetime, Oxygen. Yeah, those are real channels. Channels I grew up watching back in WNBA games on that channel back in the day. Put those channels on TV. I want to see more games, more WNBA games on TV. Now, do I think this is going to work? I, we hope. We hope so. Now, before I leave, I want to talk about Brittany Griner for a second. Okay? Now, this, I'm not taking a direct shot at Brittany Griner like everyone else has. Well, it's her fault. Nope. Nope. Let me tell you. We elected these officials. We voted for them in office. Why is it that their the why is it that they they they're taking their attention off the situation in Russia? I know everything else is important now, but we have an all-star in Russia, guys. Wake up. Get your ass to Russia and get her out. I mean, that's terrifying to see a 6-9 WNBA player, the product of the WNBA, stay in Russia for over 140 days. Her team is suffering. I'm suffering. The WNBA is suffering. Play, uh, fans of the, of, uh, of the WNBA are suffering because she has not come home. And elected officials, we elect you to do the job, Biden. You can't say, oh, well, we're going to try to get her home. Nah. Go there, negotiate something, and get her home. Right now. She shouldn't spend one more day in that Russian prison. I don't know how it's like in there, but my heart goes out for her and her family, man, and her friends. Not seeing, you know, not seeing the personality, not seeing her in your presence daily. It's ridiculous that she's got got to stay in that stay in that cell for a long for longer's and longer's days that goes by hours have gone by, but yet these elected officials do nothing about it. They worry about themselves. They worry about the stupidest nonsense that that we that we we can we can't control it. Just go to Russia, get her out. I'm pleading. Get Brittany Griner home right now. And this is going to be the message for now on. I'm going to end my show with Free Brittany.
free Britney. I'm not talking about Britney. No, let's not get it twisted. Free Britney. Not Britney Spears. Griner. Now, that's it for today. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the real world recap the summer league, um, of how, you know, there, there was a, there, there's, I'm, I'm going to give you some pros and cons in that summer league this year. And then I'm going to talk about my frustration at five and five basketball, how it needs to improve. But other than that, y'all have a good day. Like, comment, subscribe. And I'll see you next week. All right. Take care. It's Fishbowl Radio.